Welcome to the Ed Milet Show, the place for leaders, dreams, and champions. Welcome back to Max Out with Ed Milet. I have a special program today, and um, a lot of you have asked me, can you please feature more prominent, beautiful business women? And I have, I think, one of the great marketing minds, man or woman, in American business today. Marketing, branding, business, digital media, television media, print media, sitting to my left here. And so this is, if you don't recognize her, although most of you already do, this is Stephanie McMahon. So Stephanie, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm real excited about this. Like, But I, I do have a complaint, though. I that? mean, in spite of that incredible introduction, yes. that we are not at your house in front of the beach with the beautiful blue water in the background. I agree. And so we need to make maybe yeah, a I mean, part it's, two of this. it's well branded. It is well branded. It's well branded. Which we're going to talk a lot about today. So. But I would prefer to be at the ocean too. <laughs> and so, by the way, that's a great intro. Speaking of branding, that's what this lady does. She is the chief brand officer for WWE, which is a huge global brand. And so we're going to talk about that today. And that's why my introduction about her background in business and marketing and branding fits because she's the CBO of one of the biggest brands in the world. But she's also a mother. She's a wife. Um, she's very philanthropic with uh, all of the different work that you and Paul, her husband, Triple H, do together. So we're going to talk about all of those things today. This is a very unique woman. And uh, she's going to bring you a lot of value today and hopefully some inspiration too. So. You ready to roll? I'm ready. Okay. Thank you. I hope I live up to that. You will. You will. So I, I'm curious about you growing up because it wasn't normal, right? So it was my normal. It was your normal. Yeah. So what did that look like, though? So you grow up in this company, right? And so you're around, you know, all of these brand names that I grew up with as heroes. Your dad's one of those brands as well. Your mom and dad worked in the company. What was it like growing up around all this? So <clears throat> there's never been a boring day um, <laughs> in my life ever. You know, and I tell the story all the time. I'll just, yeah. uh, Andre the Giant. So he was, you know, one of my best friends. That's amazing. And I know, it, it, for me, it was the, the norm, was right? Normal. So uh, my mom actually had, had told me the story originally when Andre, for the first time, came into our driveway, the first time we ever met. And he had this customized van because of how big he was, right? He gets out. And he's so big, it's almost like his head blocks out the sun. Oh I'm, uh, I'm like three, jumping on the trampoline. He's three years old. And he's walking towards me, and it's as if the ground is shaking. You know, yeah. here comes this giant. And it's so funny because I just wasn't scared. Really? Not scared of him at all. But why do you think that was? I was think we were or? meant to be friends, and I think I don't know. It just he never scared me. Huh. And, uh, and it actually was one of the reasons for our connection, you Be know? Because other people responded in a different way to him? Yeah. Wow. And um, he held out his hand, and I stepped into his hand. Oh, my gosh. He brought me up to his cheek, and I gave him a kiss on his cheek. Oh, my gosh. And my mom always referred to him as my Gulliver. Look at your face, even when you talk about yeah, it. Yeah, I love Andre. Oh my gosh. And the documentary on HBO is awesome. I was going to ask you that. Relatively accurate then. Yeah, oh, him. it is. It and was. it's, um, I don't think he would have wanted it to end the way that it did. Mm. Um, that's just my personal opinion, yeah. but it, it was it was how it ended, you yeah. know? Um, and it was it was a beautiful story. It was so well done. Bill Simmons really did a great job. I love Bill. He's Jason a good Aaron. Yeah. It's awesome. Great job. But the, so it was your normal, but were you aware? It had to become a point where you knew this wasn't normal, right? Was there a point where you're, I assume you're going to some shows, you're around the yep. talent from yep. time to time. Was there a point where you went, 
hey, this is not like every other kid's at my school's life. I don't know. Was, it, was there a point where you realized that? You know, I suppose. I, yeah. I don't know that there's ever one moment. I, you know, kids in school, they would always ask me questions about wrestling. Right. And, you know, I was either kids loved me or they hated me. Really? You know, WWE's always been very polarizing. Yeah. Um, just because of who my father was. Mm. And it's actually interesting because I used to feel really bad about that. And mm. I'd say to my dad, like, you know what, I, I want people to like me for me. Yeah. Um, you know, and some people don't like me without ever knowing me. And my dad always told me, you know what, Steph, not everybody's going to like you. Mm. And as long as you're a good person and you can look yourself in the eyes in the mirror, mm and know that you're a good person, yeah. that's all that matters. Was your dad a big influence on you? This is great because I think a lot of the fans of WWE only see the character version of you, right? Which we'll talk Mostly, about. yeah. We're gonna talk about that. But it's interesting, I think it's a great peek inside just what's turned you into this force you are in business too, right? So what kind of influence was your dad? Your dad is this larger than life figure, obviously, yep. right? He's a hero of mine for a lot of reasons, but not the least of which is, I'm serious, is your dad's fitness level at his yep. age. It's something that I aspire he's to. He's 72. So I know, it's amazing. Yep. And he's a stud, right? At least from not knowing him on the outside, I look at him as like, that's what you want. He's got business, he's got a great family, he's been married to the same woman, he's super fit, he's went from rags to riches. But for you, how did your dad have an influence over you when you were growing up? And it's funny because I actually talk about my dad all the time and the influence that he had on my life mm. to the point where some people say, well, what about your mom? Yeah. You know, because yeah. my mom is a force of nature mm -hmm. in her own right. Yes. Um, but I idolize my dad, you know, growing up for sure. And, mm. uh, you know, well into my adult life, I wow. just absolutely idolize my dad. Mm. And he, he's my dad. And I don't know right. if, if you have a daughter, mm -hmm. right? Yes. That dad-daughter connection, there yeah. is just something so special about it. Yeah. And just to tell a, a yeah. personal story, he yeah. now has, uh, because we have three girls, as you mm -hmm. mentioned, we do this daddy-daughter dance every year. Wow. And because of how close in age my kids are, mm. there's always two going to the same dance. And my dad comes uh, and he'll take mm. the daughter that my husband's not going with. Oh my gosh. And there's this beautiful song that they played, um, that they play all the time. Actually, I recommend people look it up. It'll make you cry mm. about dancing with Cinderella. <sighs> and he dances with my little girls, and he has those moments with them that they will never forget. Oh my gosh! And to me, that's what it's all about. You know. That is what it's all about. I'm really glad you shared that with me. I don't know why that gets me emotional. Because <laughs> you're thinking about your little girl, I probably. Do. Yeah, yeah, I do. Wow, that's a great story. And so you're like helping lead into all these questions I have because. I think our past sort of gives us some future, mm -hmm. you know, prediction of where we're going. And you come from this, you mentioned your mom, you actually come from, at least that I'm aware of, three generations of super hardworking women. Like That's your, right. Your grandmother was a working woman in the 40s yep. when that was not the norm. Not just a working woman, mm -hmm. she was a budget analyst for the Navy. I didn't know that. Yep. Wow. wow. And uh, she had to prove herself in that role. Mm. And I asked her one day, I said, how did you do that, Mima? We call her Mima, okay. M-I-M-A. Okay. And that's my brother named her when he couldn't pronounce <laughs> grandmother, so it became Mima, and she's still Mima to me. Mm. Um, and uh, she said, well, I just learned how to do what my boss did, and I did it better than they did. Wow, wow, that's So awesome. she had all the answers. She was, I, I've watched some of your social stuff, like she was a real influence in your life too, right? Yeah, oh yeah, was, my yeah. grandmother, I love my grandmother. She's yeah. so, strong. Mm. You talk about strong, she has no mm. filter. Mm. She'll say anything to anybody. Mm. 
and it can come off rude to some people. Like yeah. we've been out to dinner before, and she'll say something, and to the waiter waitress, I'm like. <laughs> you're, explaining, you're explaining her. Isn't that kind of interesting for all of you guys to see her character to know that she's the one explaining away the intense behavior? Oh, I think yeah. that's pretty cool. So you got, I'm loving this. So there's grandma who didn't just work but did something very substantial. And then your mother, even when your mom started building the company with your dad, your mom, that was not necessarily the norm in the early 80s for women to be working to that extent outside the home all the time too. Yep. And so you've really followed in mom and grandma's footsteps now into this role that you're in now. Was there a point where you knew, I'm gonna step into this business? So it, two things I wanna say on that. Yeah. One is, I think it's so important for girls today to see women in leadership positions, yeah. whether it's in business, media, sports, entertainment, um, because then they know that they could do that mm -hmm. if they wanted to. And oftentimes you don't necessarily think of something that you can do if you don't see someone else doing it. Mm -hmm. And I think because of my grandmother and because my mom was the CEO of WWE, it never occurred to me that I couldn't you know, be a leader. Yes. Um, I assumed actually that that's what I was supposed to do. Wow. Right? Okay. So it was quite the opposite, mm -hmm. just because my mom was in that position. Mm -hmm. Um, and in terms of working for the company, I've always wanted to be a part of the business. You did? Always. I have watched since I can remember. Um, and that's where, you know, you mentioned as a little kid, mm. right, I just thought everyone's dad was on TV. <laughs> this wasn't the case. Right, right. Um, but, you know, that's, I just grew up loving our business. And yeah. the other thing is because my parents were building our company, you mm. know, my dad took it from a regional business into a global yes. phenomenon. Yes. And dinner conversations were always about business. I'm sure. Right? So I, I was always listening to them. Always mm. listening to them talk about business. And we didn't have nannies or anything like that. So I was always with them. Is that right? You know, oh yeah, Saturday mornings, I'd go with them to the office. No kidding. Yep. Okay. And um, I'd sit with the receptionist most of the time. I'd draw pictures. My mom still has this framed picture of a dog that I drew in the art department. Hmm. Um, and I named it Scruffy. And she <laughs> she framed it and to this day has it in So her it was office. sort of like there was going to be this path. You were going to end up here probably, right? Like, yeah, but I didn't, you know, the funny thing is I didn't picture myself in any particular role. Okay. You know, I didn't say, oh, I'm going to be on TV or, mm -hmm. oh, I'm going to, you know, do this or do that. I just wanted to be a part of it. Wow. And I think part of the reason why is because to me it was a way to give back to my family. Mm. You know, I wanted to be a part of what they loved so much and what yeah. they were growing and what they were doing. I wanted mm. to be a part of it. Mm. You know, mm. and I loved it too. Yeah. So we, we share this passion for this business. Yeah. You have to forgive me on something. I really watch people when they talk. Right. And your face changes every time you talk about your family. Yeah? Yeah, it does. Like, there's a deep love in your family that I sense, and it's on your face even now. Like, when I talk to you, I don't know why that, like, affects me when I see it on people, because I love mine so much, too. Yeah. And I think that's one of the secrets of WWE, and because we have mutual friends, Kristen and other people, and so I'm familiar with the company. It's this really interesting thing. I think people when, see When this you say Kristen, you mean Kristen Proudy. I do. Okay, I'm just Kristen Proudy. getting her name out Let's there, give her yeah. the shout-out. Okay. She might be in the room right now, She might be. She might be sitting right there she might be right behind there, the camera. But she doesn't want to be in front of the camera, but yes. And JJ, I have to say, because she's also sitting right there. She's coming up to the lake this summer. You know that she's never been in a lake, just so you know, in her life. Ever? So, so she's going to jump in my lake this summer. It's actually not my lake, but it's in front of my house, so I call it my lake. So she's coming there. But you can see even in the environment in the room, everybody. And so one of the things I've learned about WWE is that although it's became this publicly traded thing, it's this big, huge entity, it really is a family business and there's a family environment in the business too. And I think 
for all of you fans that are watching this, I, this has to be so insightful for you, but I love great American business stories. And so what you said about being a prominent woman, it's why I do the show. I want more young business women to mm -hmm. see people like you and to know she's not in the number 27 position in the company. This is a woman helping drive this company. She'll be humble about what she does, but she's helping drive this company. This is one of the most front and center. She's a character on the show. She's the branding officer. She's this kind of global ambassador for the entire organization. And so, but the seeds of the company, I think, tell you a lot. I was reading about your mom and dad, and like when you, your mom and dad, when your mom was pregnant with you, your parents were broke. They were BK. They declared bankruptcy. They declared bankruptcy. So everybody. this is actually a great story. Okay. My mom is eight months pregnant with me, and she was on her way to go meet my dad at the courthouse. And she walks out of the house, and there's a boot on her car for unpaid parking tickets or whatever oh it was, because they really just had no money. Mm. And the tow truck comes to get mm. the car and my mom said, can I, can I please ask you to just drop me off? Eight months pregnant. <laughs> we need to oh declare gosh. bankruptcy, would you mind? Oh my gosh. So this tow truck driver was really nice and drives down. So now can you imagine my dad, who's now mad because she's late, late right? right? And then up drives this big tow truck and my, my mom with oh her big gosh. belly waddles out of the tow truck. Right, right. You know, like, can you imagine? No, I cannot imagine. And, and they had my brother, right. you know, who was about six. Oh my gosh. So. And when you see this, you guys, you watch the different TV shows, you see the big stars, you see The Rock and his movies, and to think that it came from a time. Just for those of you that, I want hope, because there's entrepreneurs out there. Sure. And they're thinking, you know, I'm close to BK. I'm broke. I've got these family issues. Picture this eight-month pregnant mother of hers, right? Picture this. She's going to the courthouse to file bankruptcy, and it turns into what you see today with all of these offshoots, this global brand. It's this, it, and it's got the feeling still and vibe. In other words, as this is another key for businesses that have grown. As it's gotten bigger and bigger and bigger, they've worked very hard to maintain its culture. Because as yep. companies get bigger, as brands get bigger, so speak to that just for a second from a branding perspective too, and how focused you are on the culture of the company, not just the the inner workings, the show, the talent, all that, it's but just the culture. It's incredibly important. So what do you culture. do to do that, and how do you stay focused on it? So a few different things. Um, one, I'll talk about you know the notion of family and mm -hmm. and that culture as it relates to our audience, and then I'll talk to it as Good. it relates to Good. you know our talent. Yeah. Um, but as it relates to our audience, we actually call our, our audience the WWE universe, mm -hmm. right? And they are fans, but fans seems to be a, an exclusive term, mm. whereas the universe is inclusive. Mm. And I've taken that term even more broadly because I think it's not just our fan base. Mm. I think it's also our talent. I think it's also our employees. I think it's anybody who loves or touches our brand, our business partners, anybody who's a part of WWE mm. is a part of the WWE universe. And you can feel it when mm. you come to a show. Mm. I, I did a few interviews to talk about WrestleMania this past year where I wrestled Ronda Rousey, by the way. We're gonna talk she about won. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> that's. I don't think it's anything to be ashamed of. Yeah. No. 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 I'm, I'm yeah. just hamming yeah. it up. But um, <laughs> it was such an incredible opportunity. It was amazing. Um, but what I talked about is why WrestleMania is so important to me and what it mm. means to me because that is where everyone comes together to share this passion. Yeah. You know, yeah, and yeah. it's so unique. Mm. And so, for example, this past Monday, we announced our partnership with Special Olympics mm. um, in support of the USA Games. And our entire audience got to their feet when these athletes wow. came out. It was Team Texas because that's who they are. Yeah. 
you know, yeah. and, and it is this inclusive, supportive, amazing mm. environment. I mean, in spite of what you may read on Twitter as it relates to storyline, yeah. you know, they really are this amazing group of people. And mm. I believe in humanity, I mm. really do. Mm. Um, but that's the family environment, mm. yes. you know, yes. and, and that's what WWE is. So mm. from a branding perspective, mm. even calling them the WWE Universe, making sure they feel included, giving them the opportunity to have that standing ovation for those athletes, wow. because how does that feel to them? Yeah. Well, yeah. you feel good when yeah. you support somebody else, Fair right? question, yeah. It's a gift to be yeah. able to be there for someone else. Yeah. It is. That's wonderful. And, um, and then from a talent standpoint, my husband has taken um, a great care actually to cultivate this culture even in our performance center where we're developing future stars mm. you know it's all about professionalism mm. you know the way you dress you shake people's hands you look them in the eye you pick mm. up trash mm. you know you um, you support one another he's looking for emergent leaders mm. you know he's looking in talent tryouts you know not just are you gonna make it physically right, right. but then once you're really worn down who are the ones who are in it for themselves and who are the ones really? that try to pick other people up? Really? Yes. You know, That's so part of the culture inside the company. part of the culture grown from the very beginning. Hmm. I wonder because you grew up around it that you just have this maybe um, unique respect and admiration for, it's almost like in WWE there aren't really, I, you're right about the fan thing, the more that you said I was thinking about it, it's almost like we're all in on this together. That's right. It's kind of, even on the storyline stuff too, it's like we're yeah. super entertained by it, we kind of both know what's happening yet we buy in and love it so much right. too. So. It really, that is unique, and I never thought about and it that way before. And if you ever come to a show, yeah. anybody, have, whoever comes right. to a show, right. and you ask a question to anyone sitting around you, like, so who's who's this guy, or who's yeah. that girl? You will, suddenly five people will turn around and give you like the full background totally of the whole storyline from their beginning. Yeah, that's totally true. You know, because we want you to be a part of this. Yeah, is there you know? something about, someone watching this who's, because there's the raving fans that are watching this, and they're going, wow, I'm so excited and inspired to hear this side of you. But then there's people that are watching this that know of WWE, mm -hmm. but but may not know much about it either, right. right? And so what would you, what is WWE? Like, let's 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 not assume everybody knows that. Like, what would you say WWE is what? So, well, WWE World Wrestling Entertainment, right. for those of you who really don't know, you yeah. might not even know the acronym. Yeah. Um, but it's like a live action adventure soap opera. And mm. when I'm out there and I'm speaking to influencers, brands, you know, potential partners, mm. and I need to give a little bit of an education and an overview, I say we're really no different than a great opera, ballet, you know, play, yeah. TV show, sitcom, movie. Mm. It's protagonist versus antagonist with conflict resolution. Right. Only our conflicts are settled inside a 20 by 20 foot ring with yeah. some of the greatest live action that you can see anywhere yes. in any sport or yeah. entertainment. Yep. You know, that, yeah. that's how I talk about it. It is, but some of the, and, and it, if I would add, even though I know 1%, 1 millionth of 1% of what you do, some of the greatest athletes I've ever seen in my life. They're amazing. They're, the combination of, it's interesting, WWE's got these, that's why I love it, it's got this combination of all of these different elements to it, and even the characters themselves, they're great athletes, they've got to be able to perform, they've got to be able to inspire, they've got to yep. have quick one minute things they say, they get things they got to do in a ring in front of a live audience, it's also got to translate through a camera. It's really unbelievable, some of the talent and the way you know, that you create it. It's actually really interesting. I just heard Jodie Foster hmm. um, say about wrestling, how it's a great foundation for anybody who wants to, to perform in film. She mm. was talking about uh, Hotel Artemis, which is her, her new movie coming okay. out. 
and and Batista's in it. Yeah. Um, oh, I saw that. Okay. Yep, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Am I saying that correctly? Yeah. Okay. Great. I'm just making sure. <laughs> get it right. Yeah. Right. Um, and it's going to be, you know, if you want to watch the video, it's going to yeah. be on our, our dot com site. I'll get the plug in there. Um, <laughs> but uh, but it was really interesting to hear her say it unprompted. You yeah. know about how it really gives you all of the tools you need to be successful in any genre, mm -hmm. really. Right. Um, and when you think about it, if you ever hear Rock or John Cena, um, who now have transcended you know, what we do, yep. you hear them talk about those tools, right? Mm -hmm. Because think about public speaking, mm -hmm. right? You're speaking in front of mm -hmm. thousands of people yes. all the time, yep. right? So you, you get your chops you yes. know, from doing that. You need to show up on time. You have to be professional in WWE or you're not going to make it, yeah, right? Yeah. You know, if you have lines, they're memorized. Yeah. You know, you come prepared. Yes. Plus, you have been doing interviews and media interviews mm. even from the time that you're a developmental talent mm. because we're training you constantly yeah. in all different platforms and all different avenues. We're training you to build your brand and social media. We're training you to do other types of media interviews, radio, mm. TV, etc. We're training you at the local level, wow. and then we're training you at the national level, and then the global level. Yeah, unbelievable. So it's, um, you come, when you are a WWE superstar, yeah. you are one of the most well-rounded business people mm. and entertainers and athletes that you could possibly be. It's so true, and they love it. You, know, you hear Dwayne talk about the WWE, he still has a heart for it, he still loves it, or John, the, the, the Bella Twins on my show. Yeah, like the they, Bellas as well. They just love it, and what you yeah. said is really, they exemplify that too. They're just really unbelievable women. They're great business women. They're they great are. branding women, and they love this, right? They have a heart for it. There's this passion for it. And that kind of leads me down a road I want to talk about, because this is, I didn't, we didn't just feature a woman on the show be, just because she's so successful, but also you've helped, you may not take credit for it, but when I used to watch wrestling, it was mm -hmm. a totally male-dominated enterprise, right? And I gotta believe that you had something to do with this transition the last, call it decade or so, where frankly, some of the most well-known people are the Bellas, are the female mm -hmm. talent, are Ronda Rousey. So. Uh, did you consciously start to take the company in that direction, or did that just sort of the, the market dictated it? I've been a part of it. Okay. You know, so definitely I've had a voice, you know, mm. for a long time. Mm. But, and not just by myself, you mm. know, there's been a lot of other voices, right? A lot of other female voices okay. trying to fight for this, and, and some male voices as well. But it wasn't until our fans spoke. Mm that we were able to truly affect the change. You mean speak with ratings like we like this? Social or media. So there was okay. a match with the Bellas, with actually Nikki Bella, um, and it lasted all of 30 seconds. Okay. And unfortunately that was the norm, right? And this right. was in 2015. Okay. It was supposed to be a tag match for 30 seconds. Mm. And our fans had just had enough and they started a hashtag called Give Divas a Chance. And right? it trended worldwide for three days. Wow, I didn't know that. Specifically asking for more athleticism, longer matches, better character development, better storylines, wow. specifically demanding those things. Hmm. And my father, the chairman and CEO, responded, we hear you, keep watching, hashtag give divas a chance. Wow. Then that WrestleMania, which is like our Super Bowl, which was our biggest live audience ever, over 101,000 people at AT&T Stadium, <laughs> We had Hall of Famer Lita go out mm. and announce the rebranding of the Divas division to the women's division. No she unveiled a new championship belt, which mm. was more akin to the men's, but still feminine. Yeah. Yeah. 
and announced that we'd be rebranding mm -hmm. our women. We're now going to be called superstars, same as the men. Wow. And okay. since that time, our women have been more regularly main eventing mm. television and pay-per-view events. Mm. And uh, this is an awesome story. Wow. Just this past, well, and then, you know, of course, we signed Ronda Rousey, yeah. one of the world's greatest athletes. Yep, that's you right. Know? I mean, yeah. because of all of this, yes. right? And she then now wants to take it to another level. Mm. Mm. Um, that's so good. It is. Yeah. It's awesome. And yeah. I can't wait to see yeah. what we're going to do. Yeah. Together, yeah. you know, but when I say together, I mean with the audience. I know, it's because they are so much a part of mm. making that happen. They are just as invested mm. in the women's evolution, if not more so than anybody else. Wow. It's something they believe in. Yeah, and our women are—they are rising to the top. You yeah. know, you, they're just being given an opportunity, but they're then taking that opportunity and a lot of the time stealing the show. My husband also—it was a lot of what he started to do at NXT which NXT, for those of you who don't know, started off as our developmental show mm -hmm. and is now really evolved into a third global touring brand in and of itself wow. and is one of the most watched programs on WWE Network, which is our OTT yeah. service. But my husband started recruiting elite athletes, men and women, mm -hmm. and he started training the women same as the men and mm. giving them the same opportunities because like anything else, repetitions are how you're gonna get better, yeah. right? So at our live events that we do, our local live events, which is where our talent often, non-televised, where our talent often learn you know, the skills. That's where mm. they hone the craft, the live audience gives reaction, that's yeah. how you learn what's working, what's not working, and worse, what they don't care about. Right. Yeah, that's the silence, silence. Right. crickets are <laughs> bad. That, right? I hate those crickets. <laughs> um, but, so he started giving them those opportunities and then the, our audience responded in kind because these women were so awesome. Mm. And they started chanting, this is wrestling and women's wrestling. Wow, what a cool movement. Right? Yeah. And I get goosebumps talking yeah. about it. So then when that, so here's this huge movement happening in NXT. So then yeah. when that 30 second match happened on mm. Raw, our fans were like, no, Whoa. we see what can happen and we want that. Whoa. We want that opportunity for these women, men and women. Mm. And they started that hashtag. Mm. So now my story, yeah. in December, for the first time ever, our women competed in Abu Dhabi. Mm. We're allowed to compete in mm. Abu Dhabi. I saw that, okay. And yeah. they had to wear different gear because yep. they had to cover a lot mm. of their skin and that's totally mm. fine. Actually, their gear was so cool. And the audience started to chant, this is hope. Oh my goodness. This is hope. Men and women in Abu Dhabi. Wow. And then Sasha Banks, mm. who was wrestling Alexa Bliss in, in, at that time, said she saw tears in the eyes of little girls oh in the audience. Mm. I mean, can you imagine no, that? No, that's transformative. It's transformative. Wow. It really is. Oh my gosh. The kind of impact that that can have. I didn't know that. You know? I did not know that. I knew that the event happened, but I didn't know that to that extent that it changed things. My gosh, like, what's it, wow. What's it like for you? I mean, this is having a real impact on culture. Yep. Right? I mean, and, and by the way, great companies listen to what the market's telling them. And so, great kudos, companies listen to their fans. Their fans, right? Or their consumers right. or what have you. And, and, and most don't. And so, kudos to you guys for responding too. And then to know that it's making that kind of transformation 
worldwide. That's just incredible. Those of you ladies out there that whether you're Stephanie or you're Ronda Rousey or you're the Divas or you're a woman who's got a bakery in your town, just know that you really do make a difference. You are transformative. You're more of a hero and a role model than you realize. Than you the, realize. For the girls who come in there and see you. They see people like them winning and they know that they can then go do it. And so and I'll tell you one other quick sure. sidebar on that because yeah. um, when my oldest daughter was two, so you know, this is nine years ago. Okay. Um, I went to the sec the two's class party, right? Yeah. And it was um, right around the time we were getting ready for Halloween. And mm. one of the other moms, who was about 10 years older, she asked, you know, oh, well, what's your daughter going to be? And I said, oh, she's going to be a doctor. And this other mom said, oh, how interesting that she's going to be a doctor and not a nurse. Mm. And I thought, oh, how interesting Hello. that you would even say that. <laughs> Hello. Right? Like, right. it was so right. surprising to me. But then I thought about it, mm. and my oldest daughter's doctors had always been women. You're old. That's interesting. So isn't that it? was her perspective, yep. and that's exactly the point. Yep, it is. It is so important for women to be in these roles. Yeah, it you know, is. For girls to see that. And for you ladies that watch this, too, to know, like, on, that metaphor applies to you. Like, you do really give hope. I mean, that's a big scale when you're hearing about them abroad and that the, you know, the women are still wearing their different, you know, traditional garb, but to be able to create hope like that. But you do that in your way, you businesswomen, when you get up and speak or you walk into a business meeting, it's, it's transformed the globe the last few years. And so I hope you're proud of that and I hope you hold on to that. Even in the times where maybe the money's not coming in like you'd like it to and people are telling you to go back where you belong, go back and get a job or go back to just doing what you were doing before, I want to encourage you to remember you're giving more people hope than you realize. Just your effort gives people hope. And so for you, I'm curious what uh -oh, it's like. Here it comes. Well, you play a character that's like totally believable to me. So that's what's a little bit, what's like, what's like really weird about I today for me. I guess I'm doing like, my job like, I'm like, I meet you, I'm like, man, I love her. She's like a great mom, unbelievable businesswoman, but I'm like, I've seen this other person on TV forever, right? So what's it like for you to be like this great mom, businesswoman, even though you won't accept I, any I'd of the like praise? I'd like to believe I'm a great mom. I, from everyone else says you are, and I know you wouldn't say it about yourself, and we're gonna talk about how you balance that in a second too, by the way, but what's it like playing a character it's kind of like a villain all the time. What kind is that of? Like? Yeah, well, it is. A she is a villain, right? What's I mean, that? I've been. A, our audience wanted me to be a villain from day one. They did. They yeah. did not like the super sweet vanilla no. little daddy's girl. It never worked. Is it weird um, for you to do that? Or no, no it's so much fun. I love being the heel. I you love did? it. I you love did. interacting with our audience and them getting me and me getting them. I mean, that's yeah. what it's all about, you yeah. know. And. Um, you know, to me, it's way more interesting and fun to be the Does bad Does it change guy. your energy? I'm just curious because I don't get to ever do that. Is your energy changed like when you're done? Or are you still like kind of that person for an hour afterwards? No, no, or like no. you're just done? No. Okay. I, I can go in and out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've been doing it for a long time. Yeah. Um, sure. A really long time. But yeah. basically, you know, unfortunately, there's a lot of stereotypes in this world, right? Mm. I just play in to, to the stereotype. Right. <laughs> that's all I do. Right. Right? And and have fun. Yes. I mean, and that's when I think we're at our best so in our I. business. So do we're I. having fun because yep. our audience can feel it. When yep. you talk about the energy, yes. there is no greater energy on earth than interacting with a live crowd of hundreds of thousands of people. Like it is That's just gotta be a rush. It is amazing. Yeah. Amazing. People ask me all the time, they love I love doing the podcast, but it's not the same as when I get to speak in front of thirty or forty thousand no, people. Because that you feel it. You one thing about your character, I just want to say everybody too about WWE that they do sometimes and and this is a positive thing that you wouldn't notice about the company that I like. 
you do play into stereotypes. Mm -hmm. And sometimes when those stereotypes are magnified like that, it actually takes away its power in society to be validated. Does a that make any bit. sense well, to you? And also because this is one of the things I do love about playing the bad guy too. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, I will always get beat. Right, you do. Right? So speak on that. You just did this match that everyone, <laughs> I, you just did this thing with your husband. Yes. And so your tag team deal with your husband and Rhonda, and there was like a message attached to that. And Kurt Angle. Right, yeah. and Kurt, and there was a message attached to that whole kind of story behind that too. Can you tell them about that? Yes, so gosh, this the is whole cool. storyline. So, um, as a, you know, first and foremost, it was such an honor um, mm. and a privilege to be a part of. You mm. know, my husband is arguably one of the greatest of all time. He's yep. a Triple H, yep. right? And to actually team with him oh, cool. in such a high profile, match. I mean, this was WrestleMania. It's the first time I ever competed at WrestleMania. I didn't know that. Yep, okay. and okay. WrestleMania is the event my father created mm -hmm. and mortgaged everything he owned and my mom owned to make it happen. WrestleMania won. Mm. Um, was that a turning point in the company, by the way? Absolutely. Okay. And it was available on closed-circuit television, which ultimately pioneered the whole pay-per-view industry. Wow. Yep. Oh, okay. Yep, and then we were one of the first to launch our OTT direct-to-consumer platform behind Netflix and, and Hulu. Yeah. So wow. really, you know, my father really is a visionary, and mm. in terms of entrepreneurship, his message is always to take risks, but take calculated risks. Yeah, if you paid attention, WWE The McMahons is one of the great American business stories of the last two or three decades in our country is this family's business. As an absolute fact, it's one of the great American business stories. But then the daughter comes along and did modernize and evolve the company as well, even though you won't take the credit for it. So I'm just gonna say it, she won't respond to it. That's an absolute <laughs> freaking fact. Even the platform you're watching this on right now, they're embracing by being here today. So I, I take direction well, okay? <laughs> um, and you know, my father really saw social media because okay. He, back in his day, when he first started promoting, actually my grandfather never wanted my dad to be in the business. And when you talk about growing, right, my dad grew up in a trailer park. And, um, wow. yeah, and he, he didn't meet my grandfather until he was about 13. I saw that. Um, but, you know, to go from a trailer where um, they didn't have any running water, my dad said the outhouse, he doesn't know if it was worse in the summer or the winter. Oh so you let your imagination yeah, go wild gosh. on that one. Um, oh my God. But, and then to become who he... Unreal. Who he is. Yeah. You know, and what he built. It's one of the great Americans. With passion yeah. and believing in yourself and mm. surrounding yourself with great people and not being afraid to take calculated risks and staying true to who you are, all of those elements, right? Um, and building that culture, but he, so my grandfather didn't want him to, to ever be a part of the business, and then finally one day he said, you know what, I tell you what, if you can promote Bangor, Maine, and make that a success, then I'll let you in the door. So my dad took over Bangor, Maine, and he made it a success. Wow, what a unique right? Man. What a unique but thing. so that local promotion, that grassroots promotion, that's what social media is. It's mm. direct to consumer, and he saw that mm. before anybody else. Mm. And at what that time, mm. at that time, I was running digital, and I had gone out to a conference, and I had listened to someone. I wish I could remember who it was, but he said, you know, social media. The speaker, he said, social media is not 100% of one person's job. It's 1% of everybody's job. Mm -hmm. So I brought that to my dad and he goes, no. He said, it's 100% of 100%. And then he issued throughout the company 
every single department had to every week give a report mm. to Vince specifically to the chairman and CEO about what they did on social media mm. to promote their line of business. Okay. Okay. And it was met with great resistance because mm -hmm. people didn't know the platform or they didn't want to do a report. I mean, who wants to do a report? You yes. feel like you're in school. Um, but yeah. the chairman asked for it, so mm. we're all going to do it. Mm. And thank God we did. Mm. You know, well, I relate to that in my own company. So, it's, so your dad did have the vision. He did. And then you continue to take it to him. I'm just going to give you some credit. Just so well, you know, I appreciate so you it. But the, yeah, you I take I, it to I, the I, next I, level. But I, by the way, it's it's um it's such an inspiring story to me. And then what the company's done with all of its good, we're going to get into in a second, but I'm not letting you get out of here without okay, telling this Okay, great. So now here's the Rhonda story. Okay. So, okay. Um, you know, we've had our eye on Rhonda forever. And yeah. Rhonda's a huge WWE fan. And okay. uh, it goes back to also, well, she's been a fan all of her life, but um, WrestleMania 31, mm. um, when we were at Levi's Stadium. Okay. And the, my character goes out with my husband, Triple H, and we're, of course, gloating and taking credit for all of the success of WWE when, right. surprise, surprise, the Rock's music hits. <laughs> and he comes down to the ring awesome. and we kind of get into it. Yeah. Um, he and my husband have a little mm. tit for tat and then I get into it and I slap Rock as hard as I possibly can. It's okay. actually the hardest I've ever slapped anybody. Okay. My adrenaline just must have been through the yeah. roof. I didn't mean to slap really him so hard, but it was head. a good one. <laughs> and then he turned and he looked at me and I said, what are you gonna do, Rock? You're not gonna hit a woman. And I said, go ahead, go ahead, DJ, get to step in. You know, like, so evil. You go right into this so person evil. again, by the way. She's chasing in front of me. It's fun. Okay. But it's so evil, right? And then what does he do? He goes, well, you know what, Steph, you're right. I would never hit a woman, but I know somebody who would. Oh, that's so and then he gets out of the ring, and who's sitting front row but Ronda Rousey. That's badass right there. And then there. the whole crowd, 76,000 yeah, people, just... start chanting, Ronda's gonna kill you. <laughs> that was the chant. Like, so as good. she's getting into the ring, and it was it played out perfectly. perfectly. Wound mm. out with her, like, hip-tossing my husband, mm. and then putting me in the arm bar, but I, got, I get away, and mm. they have their great moment, right? Mm. So now, we're really actively watching Ronda. And we had been for a long time anyway, sure. but you know, could could it ever work? Would it ever work? We were, right. we you know we would each have conversations. She wanted to, mm. you know, but how how is it going to fit in with her fighting and you know and mm. her movie career and all that great stuff? And then finally, for whatever reason, the stars aligned. The opportunity was there. So good. And and my husband was really the one who mm. made it happen. Mm. And Rhonda signs with WWE. You know, it just, it was so incredible because, and mm. now take a step back, right, out of storyline. Mm. Here's Ronda Rousey, mm. you know, a woman who has built her own empire. I mean, yep. you talk about empowerment. Yeah. Just by being who she is, by mm. the way. Mm -hmm. She does, she is, there's nothing false about her. She mm. is who she is. She mm. speaks her mind. Mm. Um, she stays true to herself. Mm. You know, she's a shining example mm. for girls everywhere, for boys, I mean, for everyone. Yep. She really is. Yes. And she's signing with WWE. She's taking a transition into some, a world she's never been a part of. Mm -hmm. And she is going to have her first ever match wow. ever at WrestleMania, mm -hmm. our biggest platform, our Super Bowl. Big. Can you imagine the pressure? Yeah, no, no. Look, no. What she, but yeah. she thrives on it, though. Mm -hmm. She thrives on pressure. Mm -hmm. You know, she's, I think she's at her best when she's under pressure. Mm -hmm. Um, and she just trained and trained and trained and trained, and so did I because 
Yeah. I mean, like, okay, I'm, you know, 41-year-old mom. Like, right. I work out all the time, but right. come on. You do work out. I'm not in the same yeah. league as Ronda right. Rousey. One of, maybe the greatest female athlete the last decade. One right. of her and Serena and a couple yeah, others, Absolutely. Right? Right. Absolutely, yeah. hands down. So yeah. I have to at least get in good enough shape to mm. give her a good show. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. I had to, you know, and I was there. I was, I was <laughs> there. pressure on you, girl. It was, it was a lot time. of pressure right. on me. Yeah, because yeah. that was the story, right? Yeah. And that's where, going back to the villain, Ultimately, I helped kick off her WWE career. Do you guys call that heat? Is that what that's called? What do you call that? Yeah, it's when you're a bad guy. Yeah, yeah it's heat. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's I got really, a lot of heat. That's fascinating. Yep. You've been a part of so many cool things. Like, what a life. I have, I've really, I'm really blessed. You are blessed. I am so grateful for my life in, yeah. in so many ways. Talk about your life for a second. So you, because everyone's watching this, that they know about you, but... There's this, now there's the you. That's the character. Then there's the you. So this, I'm curious because people watch this navigate life too. So you are a mom. I am. You have three young daughters, right? And you're a businesswoman and you're a character on the show. How do you, is, do you have strategies you use to navigate <laughs> all of this stuff? Plus you, I, we're in California now, but I know you're back east too. So there's just a, you what I call a big life, right? It's a big so, life. So how do you navigate all of that? Um, you know, it's, it's challenging, right? Um, but I think it is for, for anybody, you know? I, I think it is for women who, you know, stay at home or mm -hmm. dads that stay at home. Mm -hmm. um, when you couple that with traveling and that kind of thing, maybe that's what makes it different. But life is hard for everybody, right? Mm -hmm. and, and different aspects. And mm -hmm. I think the best strategy really is to prioritize, right? Mm -hmm. Because my mom taught me a long time ago that pendulum is, is never going to be in the middle. I agree with it's that. It's always swinging. Yes. So it's it's not a balance as you would think. It's, it, it is a balance in essence, but it's always shifting. It's never balanced. It's, it's never balanced. It's yeah. never even. Mm -hmm. And I just do everything I can, me and my husband both do, to maximize our time with our kids, mm. um, to prioritize each other as well. Mm. Um, we went on a date the other night, and unfortunately it was like the first date night we've had in Four months. Oh boy! Since before the holidays, wow. so it was special guess, night, but too infrequent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. which we need to do a better job of that. Yeah. But um, you know, being there for our kids, putting them down at night, taking them to school in the morning, hmm. taking them to school is one of my favorite things to do. Hmm. The only thing that tops it is picking them up from school. Seriously. Wow. Yeah, and sometimes I'll leave work just to go pick them up. Just for that experience. Just for that, hmm. and they love it. You're kind of a badass though, like you're downplaying you. Like I'm watching at your social media, you're working at like midnight. So, That's the only time we have to train. But People often ask like, yeah. is there some type of biological, you know, like yeah. no, there's no advantage. I don't recommend it. Yeah, but, Sleep is important. Um, but, but that's crazy. Like. I, I, you're so humble. It's striking because it's totally different than your character, right? But like, like guys, just so you know, this woman is crazy. Just, I mean, we're talking about crazy we're, alone. We're talking about we're, we're talking about we're talking about. I mean, a totally devoted mother. You can hear how much she talks about her husband. So you're getting a sense of the relationship there. This massive enterprise of WWE and then fitness, right? Because she's a character on the show too. And I'm telling you, if you go to her Instagram, you're going to see midnight workouts. And so, but even if I wasn't a character, I'd train at midnight. Why? Because it's it's a part of what makes me me. I feel good about myself mm. when I train. I think that the more in shape you are, the more you can do. So do I. Um, it just in general, I think it clears your mind. Uh, training is my church, you mm. know? Mm. Um, and I think also this is just, I don't know, I think human nature. I think it is important to accomplish goals. So do 
right? I think you feel good about yourself. It builds confidence when you set goals and you can achieve them. And even though it's a, you know, it's a set, it's a rep, it's whatever it is, whatever that goal is that night, no matter how simple it might be, I'm killing my goals. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. And pushing myself past mm. where I think I can go. And I love that. It's a, training is as much a mental challenge as it is a physical one. Totally agree. With you me. know, and I love that feeling. I love this interview. <laughs> I'm serious. It's hot under this light. It is. I know. <laughs> I'm gonna make you sweat a little bit more. But, really but like, there's oh, all my of microphone. these. Sorry. There's all of these points, though, guys. In one interview, we've covered, you know. This great American business story, we've covered branding, we've covered marketing, we've covered there's really no balance, but you seek balance. And then we've talked about fitness and the storylines and the respect for culture. There's a lot here today, right, for you all to be taking notes and hear this a couple more times. But there's this other element of you that I love because it's a big part of my life too, which is that it's probably the part of my life other than my family is the fact that like I want to pay forward all these blessings that have come my way. I have a blessed life too. Totally different life than yours, but a blessed life. And so... You know, Stephanie's had all kinds of different awards for philanthropic stuff that you won't get her to talk about, but like there's the Stuart Scott Award, the Humanitarian Awards, all these different things, but, and there's all the work you've done, but this thing that you've done with Connor's Cure, and there's the little boy, everybody, and I wanna make sure I say Connor's name right, because I knew about this before I met you. I remember this, but Connor Mahalik. Mahalik, yeah. And Connor was a little boy suffering from a very unique type of tumor, but he ended up passing away from brain cancer. Prior to that time, his fan, his hero, was Brian. Daniel Bryan. Dan Daniel Bryan. I'm, I'm thinking, Brian I, Daniels, I, yeah. I know Brian the other way, right? Yeah. But, but Daniel Bryan, the character of Daniel Bryan. And um, it became something that just got into the hearts of WWE Universe, not just you and your husband, but you and your husband then did something about it. And so can you talk about that little boy and how precious that cause is to you? Um, yes. So I met Connor backstage at, after the Royal Rumble, which is one of our big pay-per-views um, mm -hmm. in Pittsburgh. And one of our referees, Justin Roberts, introduced him to me. Mm -hmm. And I saw him, and I could tell he was sick from his physical appearance because he had a scar up the back of his head, um, he was bald, he had a big lump up here. But he was talking to Batista when I walked over and, and I met him. And Justin said, Connor, I'd like to introduce you to my friend Stephanie McMahon. And he looked up at me, and he started telling me about the shirt he was wearing which was Seamus's shirt. Seamus, who's like 6'5", yeah. 300 pounds, yeah. had come back from the ring and given Connor his shirt. Mm. So the shirt was dragging on the floor. Okay. And he starts to tell me, very excited, that mm. this was his Seamus shirt. And underneath that shirt, he had his Skylander shirt on. And underneath that shirt, he was wearing Daniel Bryan's t-shirt and how proud he was. Mm. And I thought, oh my goodness, you're the cutest little thing I've ever mm. seen. He was so vivacious and he was the same age as, as my oldest daughter. And I just fell in love with him. Mm. And I asked him for a hug. Okay. And he said, oh no, I can't do that. And I said, oh, why? And he said, well, because I give choke out hugs. And I don't wanna choke you out. And I was like, <laughs> try me, buddy. And he came over and gave me like the most wonderful hug. And then as I was standing up, his dad leaned down and I can't help but cry every time because I just remember it so vividly and he said, you know, we'd like to come back when you guys are in Pittsburgh in June, but Connor's probably not gonna make it till then. Mm. And I couldn't believe he was that sick, mm. just because of his 
life force, you know? I mean, he looked sick, but he didn't act sick. And then I, I started just watching him. He's shadow boxing and he's just, he's having a great time. And um, I went to say goodbye and I gave him a kiss on the cheek and it startled him a little bit. And I'll never forget how soft his little cheek was. And then he looked at me and we said goodbye and he started to walk away and then he looked back at me and I swear, and this is going to sound crazy, but I swear our souls touched in that moment. And I just feel like it all happened for a reason and that night we were on our bus, my husband and I, and um, I just, I couldn't sleep because I was thinking like, what can we do for this little boy? Mm. And there are a lot of kids like Connor. Mm -hmm. But what can we do for him? How can we, how can we help him? How can we help him hang on? Yeah. And we came up with the idea to invite him to WrestleMania. So we did, and, um, and we did that all through Justin. And the doctors had said, I didn't know any of this, the doctors had said Connor would never make it. Yeah. That he would never make the trip from Pittsburgh to New Orleans. Um, and if he did, it would really be hard on him, that he wouldn't be himself. Um, they, they said they really recommended against it. So we brought him to this event at, in Washington, D.C. ahead of that, ahead of WrestleMania, and he wasn't doing very well. Mm. Um, and at that time, he made, for me and a few other people, these necklaces that took him eight hours to make. Mm. They were very similar to these bracelets. Mm. They had round beads, and they had square beads, and they all had different messages. Mm. And, it, and it, he did all of that. Because of his surgeries, his small motor coordination was off. But he did that. Hmm. And he came in and we gave him a full entrance. He came out with Daniel Bryan to Daniel Bryan's music. Hmm. Um, it, he came down the ramp, this was during the day. All of the superstars were surrounding the oh ring. My, my husband was in the ring. He, he jumps off headset, my husband gets into the ring and he says, come on, Connor, hit me. Hit me here. And Connor's like, I'm not gonna hit you. I'm not gonna do that. And he goes, come on. And Connor hauls off and gives him a little punch and my husband goes down oh, and a referee who was standing on the side, Mike Kyoto, dives in the ring and he counts one, two, three. And everybody cheers and they go nuts. And Connor said to my husband, I gotcha. Isn't that so cute? So fast forward to WrestleMania, he made it. And not only did he make it, his dad told me he was able to feed himself. He was, he was himself again. And th this little boy had had cancer since he was four. And he said, Steve said, that's Connor's dad, he said it was like I had my little boy back. And um, after Daniel Bryan won the championship that night, Daniel Bryan was the whole story of WrestleMania that year. and. He had overcome the authority after like storyline, you know, after six months of oppression, and ultimately he defeated Triple H, ironically, and then went on in a triple threat match against Batista and Randy Orton to win the WWE World Heavyweight Championship. And he got out of the ring, and the first person he went over to was Connor. And he said, You help me win this. You keep fighting. Oh and um, Connor died in his dad's arms a couple weeks after that. And again, I was struck with, what can we do? How can we help? And um, that's when we decided to start Connor's Cure. Mm -hmm. And it started off as a fund with Children's Hospital of Pittsburgh because that's where Connor was treated. And just to tell you a, a lighthearted story about Connor, 
His favorite nurse's name was Stacy, and when she would come in to give him his chemo, he would boo her. Like, isn't that great? <laughs> this little kid just booing her. It just called everything up for what it was, right? Made her laugh, made him laugh. Like, it just, it sucked, right? There was no getting around it, and he just called it out for what it was. Um, but, so that's how we started Connor's Cure. And then, to your point, because he was a WWE fan, because there was just something so special about him, I truly do believe he came to WWE for a reason. Um, that we could help. And um, we've now partnered with V Foundation and we've raised over $2 million. We've helped over 200 families with things like parking vouchers, food vouchers, things you don't anticipate you're gonna need, you know, because children should not get cancer. They should not be sick right. with cancer. Yep. Um, and uh, anyway, that's, mm -hmm. that's, that's my story. That's wonderful that, story. That's Connor's story. Thank you and for being willing to tell everybody about Connor the Crusher, by I'll the way. I'll talk about Connor the Crusher Connor all day the long. Crusher and I love that little boy, and, and so do so did. many people. And, you know, hopefully we'll be able to make a difference. And I'm actually, like, this is a very premature kind of thing, but I'm a Henry Crown Fellow with the Aspen yeah. Institute. I'm yeah. right in the middle of my yeah. seminars. And part of what you have to do when you're a Henry Crown Fellow is start a venture. Mm -hmm. And my venture is around pediatric cancer and it's bringing together, I want to disrupt what's happening. I, mm -hmm. I want to get people out of their silos and get people thinking differently because only 4% of dollars allocated by the government for cancer mm -hmm. is, goes to pediatrics. 4%. Is that right? Four. It's horrible. There have only been 10 drugs in the past 40 years. Mm that have been approved and developed for kids for with cancer. They are given adult doses. Mm -hmm. They are given the same, and, and because of that, it's just over 90% of kids who do survive cancer in 30 years will develop some other type of disease mm -hmm. because of the treatments that they're given. Wow, wow. And everyone's trying, right? Everyone's mm -hmm. working on it, but what can we do differently? Yeah. How can we incentivize pharma, yeah. you know, to, to to look at their models, to, to create these drugs that yep. these kids need. Right. You know, how can we leverage biotech? Yeah. You know, how can we look at all of these different things? And by the way, if you solve cancer for kids, that applies to the entire population. Sure. We look at it backwards hmm. because more of the adult population is affected than kids. So that's hmm. who, that's where the dollars go, hmm. right? It shouldn't go there. It should yeah. go to kids yeah. who have their whole lives in front of them. Hmm. You know, so that's, it's there's nothing formal to announce yep. yet, okay. you know, but we're in our initial stages and I have my first um, meeting Wonderful. bringing together experts in all of these different fields mm. at the end of June. Wonderful. So thank you. God bless more to you. come on that. Good. But God bless you and uh, Paul. I for might doing tag this. you in, you know, well, to wanna, see if you can wanna, help in I some do, way. I, I want to tell you that. So I want to yeah. say that and I want to say that to everybody watching, too. I want to know how I can help you. And so please ask me. Okay, I will. To. I will. And our audience, too, as well. And you WWE fans that are watching this as well. I know you're aware of Connor's story and he's such a beautiful young man that the thing that you'll see in Connor when you go to the site, too, is this the passion this little boy had that you 
brought to life here. And, for life. Yeah. It he was, had a passion for life. So, and I, but I want to just tell you, I think it's so wonderful that you're honoring his life by doing this. That's what we're trying to do. And you, you are. Know? And so, by the way, is there a place they can go to get more information on Connor's Yeah, Spiritual? sure. I mean, it's ConnorTheCrusher.org. You could go to V Foundation. Okay. You could just Google Connor the Crusher. Such a wonderful story. Oh, and yeah, and the bracelets. Thank you, Kristen. Yeah, such, um, such a wonderful the, the, story. All of the proceeds of, of bracelets, these bracelets that are purchased, go directly to Connor's Cure. And the yeah. thing that I love about V Foundation is every single dollar goes to research. Yeah. They have a separate endowment fund. Mm. So all of the money that you give goes directly to research. It doesn't go to salaries right. or overhead or any of that kind of stuff. Right. We call that a pure foundation, everybody. The money goes purely to the cause. And so it's not very common and special. So that is an important thing that we're pointing out here. Thank you so much for doing that. And I do want to help you mm, any you. way that I can. So this has been, uh, we're all, we're, you know, I'm speechless to some extent because of just the breadth of what we covered. But, and let me just say, right, like, yeah. so WWE does do a lot of philanthropic work. I know. Yeah. Um, Go ahead. But the reason is because that's just, I think it's a privilege. Mm -hmm. um, we reach so many people. Mm -hmm. You know, we're in 180 countries and, and 25 different languages, mm -hmm. um, you know, across all different platforms. You have nearly a billion social media followers. We have this huge universe, right, yeah. this huge audience. And I think it is so important to do everything you can to give back. Mm. And I just think it, I think it's what life is really all about. Right. I really do. Yep. Um, it's like you with this podcast, yeah, right? It's right. about helping other people. Right. There's no, right. you know, financial incentive yeah. to you. Right. It's about helping other people, helping right. your audience and yep. giving them tools, yeah. you know, to be successful. I think that that's what life is all about. We're here to help each other. So um, and WWE's mission is to put smiles on faces. Mm. Simple. Mm. You know, whether we do that through our entertainment or we do it by giving back. <sighs> and uh. you think about, you know, Connor and, you know, I said, I've said many times, even if for those few hours mm. he forgot yeah. that he was sick and forgot about mm. his treatment or what he was going through. Mm. And his dad told me, Steph, it lasts a lot longer than that. That's so special. Right? But what a privilege it is yeah. to be a part of an of a company that can do that. Yeah. It's a it is a privilege. privilege. And in small and big ways, you guys do that all the time. There are people that just come home from work and they're just not happy in their life, right. and it's an escape for an hour it or is. two for them. And and um, I just think it's wonderful. You know, I knew a lot about you because we do have some mutual friends, and I read about you. But meeting you is so much more impressive and inspiring too. So. I had a lot of people knew you were coming on, and we're running out of time, too. Unfortunately, we are? This flew by. You said you were hot, so I'm giving you a break. No. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. But a lot of the ladies knew you were coming on, and there was some excitement about you coming on the program. And you, I'm a man, and you're inspiring me, so I don't think this is gender-specific by any means. However, um, whether you admit it or not, you are one of the more prominent female businesswomen in the country. And the reach of what your business and brand does reaches millions of people, as you've said, around the world. And, um, and has reached billions of people in its totality, if you added up the collective reach. And so, you've got three little girls. I do. You're a girl. We've talked about your mom. We've talked about your grandmother. And there's just women watching this, young women that are watching this. They've got dreams and hopes and ambitions. and. I'm wondering if you were speaking right to them, what would you tell them about? They got a dream in their heart they want to chase too, these ladies that are out there. And men, you're allowed to listen in on this because all of it's <laughs> going to apply to you too. But to these young women out there, what would you say to them? If they got a minute with Stephanie McMahon, they said, I have this dream, whatever it is. I want to be an actor, an actress. I want to start my own business. I, 
my dreams to be a mom of three little girls, whatever that dream is, what would you say to those ladies that are listening to you now? So I'd say turn your dream into a goal. And first and foremost, because goals you can achieve. Hmm. Um, it's just the way you think about it, the way you, you formulate it. If you, if you turn it into a goal, then you can develop your plan and your strategy to get there, to achieve it. Hmm. You have a goal, make it happen, hmm. right? How are you gonna make it happen? Hmm. I would also say to them to believe in yourself you know, confidence is, I think I've, I've heard this quote that confidence is like 90% of the journey if you have the confidence to get there, mm -hmm. you know, and then, and then the skills on top of that. Mm -hmm. um, but confidence is huge. Also, passion is so important. Mm -hmm. You know, do what you love. Mm -hmm. Believe in it with everything you are and make it happen. Mm -hmm. You know, because if you don't, it, mm -hmm. it might not happen. Mm -hmm. You know, you've got to bring your whole self and then some. You know, I, th I think that those are really, you know, those, those are really the, the building blocks and believe in yourself. Know that you belong. You belong anywhere you want to be. You belong in the room. I don't care who it is. Mm -hmm. I was in, you know, I've been trying to build the WWE brand. Not that it hasn't been built mm -hmm. on its own, but that's my job, mm -hmm. right? And I was at um, the Milken conference a year ago mm -hmm. and I had the opportunity to be a part of a private conversation with um, many different commissioners of the sports leagues. Okay. Now this was a male-dominated room. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was all yeah, guys, yeah. except for some of uh, some of their wives, okay. right, who were sitting on the sideline. Mm -hmm. And originally, when I came in, I was seated at a table with you know some of the wives who were wonderful. Mm -hmm. um, but we were having this conversation. I said, "Excuse me, Hello. I'm going to go to yeah, that table." Right. So I went to the bigger table, mm -hmm. and you know what? It's my job to have a seat at that table. It's my job to speak up, and that's exactly what I did. So when the time was right, and it made sense, I didn't speak just to speak. You know, I had the opportunity to say, so, um, you know, I'm sorry to interject. We were talking about fan engagement, which is what I believe WWE does best yeah. and something I believe very much in. Mm -hmm. And I said, so, guys, I just want to say in terms of WWE, I'm chief brand officer. You know, we have the number one sports channel on YouTube. We're the second most viewed YouTube channel in the world. Um, you know, we're in 180 countries. So, like, I, I rattled off all our stats and I said, and I'm not giving you these statistics to be competitive. I'm telling you them so you know why I belong in the room and why what I say is going to matter. Mm. And then I explained, you know, mm. what it was. Mm. And, you know, it was really interesting, and I won't get into the, the sidebar <laughs> conversations I had after. Right. Some appreciated my comments, some did not. Really? Who is, really? It was this woman really? from the WWE, mm. you know? But, mm. the, but there were a lot of really very positive things that came out of that mm. that are still coming out of that. Mm. So the point is, have a seat at the table, mm. you know? You have to do it. Yeah. Stand up for yourself, mm. you know? Say what you believe, say what you feel. Have a voice, you know? It's so important to have a voice. Mm. Are you guys getting this? Are you kidding me? Like, you see my camera, guys. Like, <laughs> like, the reason it's real, I love congruency. So, someone says something that they are and that they embody and that they do. So, I look at you and you're talking about not just have a dream, have a plan. Clearly, you're constantly executing plans, right? And this confidence thing, earlier in the interview, I just want to add to something. You said, one of the things that I get out of my fitness is, essentially what you said was, I'm building myself up. I'm keeping a right. promise I make to myself. I really believe self-confidence is built through keeping the promises you make to yourself. That's how you build it, right? And mm -hmm. then, you talking about the fact of having that passion giving all of you to something. It is obvious to me that you don't like WWE. You love and live it, right? It's yep. like, it's part of who you are, literally. So there's this passion level that it actually is infectious. I'm already a fan, but like, 
I like love the company more. Like I have an appreciation for the nuance of the company more now. Right. The ancillary things about it. And then like you clearly belong at the table. The question is whether or not I belong at the table today. Oh, not whether come you on. did. No, but seriously, it's it's um it's I, I just I want everyone to have heard that. It's one of these parts of the interviews, everybody, where if you're driving, you go, I'm, I'm gonna note, I'm gonna come back and play that part again. Everything that you just said right there was so spot on. And so a couple things about you. I'm just curious about myself. Okay. Because like you're this like driven, successful, you seem to have it all together. Do you get down? And oh, like, yeah. And like, could, could, would you be willing to share with me a moment where you were down? Oh, specifically? so it happens all the time, actually. Okay, can you give us one? And how do you turn it around when you do get there? Sometimes, I don't know. I actually am not sure if I don't have a mild form of depression sometimes. Mm. Um, though I, I can't say that I have symptoms to the level of, that I've read about, that I've seen people. So I wouldn't classify myself like that. But I, I potentially could. Mm. Um, sometimes I get really down. And I... I really struggle and I don't feel like doing anything and I want to be a recluse and I want to climb into a, mm. like a one little corner of my room but I don't let myself do it and this is mm. why I say I don't think I'm clinical you know because I am able to kick out of it myself mm. um, but it takes time mm. sometimes and mm. um, you know and it, I keep it inside I don't talk about it and that also is not good because mm. um, then it can feed and, and fester in on itself and I find when I do finally tell my husband mm. um, you know he can't relate to what I'm feeling but he gives me great advice mm. and he he helps pick me up but it mm. still is something I have to ride out mm. and I can't explain it I, you know I've, I've never gotten help before and maybe mm. I should mm -hmm. um, but I think that there you know nobody is ever black or white you know yeah. we're we are all conundrums of all different things and mm. I can be so positive and so confident on one hand and and not on the other wow. um, and I just think that you know that's a part of human nature too thank you for sharing that I gotta, I, um, I've never publicly spoken about that yeah. I don't think thank you for sharing that can I say something to you yeah just be interesting for you to know me too yeah yeah and it's interesting when people look at someone like you and I, our lives, um, I almost feel guilty when I have yeah, it sometimes. Yeah, me too, because who am I to feel th me, this way, right? You know, I think, my gosh, and then I think, boy, what if life wasn't as good? Where would I really, is it, right? it's not the conditions of your life that typically create these mental states, but I just want you to know, I really value you saying that, and really can people relate to that, and I just want you to know that I can. I, I have it too. And, and I, how do you come out of it? I ride it out sometimes. Yeah. For me, um, one of the things I do, I'm glad you asked, one of the things I do, I've wondered, am I clinical sometimes? Mm -hmm. um, I have friends that I think that are, I see, it's almost like compared to what? Right. You know, and maybe yeah. that's not even healthy, right. right? You think, well, even alcoholic says, well, I go to work every day, so I'm not one. That doesn't mean you're not an alcoholic, right, and right. because you and I eventually pull out of it. I do have two things that work for me pretty well. One is I, um, and it sounds cheesy, but I actually do force myself to go through a gratitude exercise. And yep. It sounds corny. Sometimes it doesn't work, but often it does. I just literally begin to flood in my brain and my mind the pictures of the people and things that I'm grateful for and um, the people who love me and that I love back. And I, and I do do it. I actually, I, what I do now is I inoculate it from coming, just to give you one tip. So every morning, I have this on my podcast, and it's not to make you all watch it. It's just to tell you, I actually do it every morning. I do through a gratitude yep. exercise, and I do it at night, and it kind of wards it off more often than yep. before because I don't know that I know how to get out of it when I'm in it until I ride it out. So I try to do things that keep it away from me as much as possible. So two things on that. Yeah. One is I have some very good friends um, who are studying mental mapping and, yeah. and neurology, mm -hmm. and they're it. Now, I'm not a scientist. Yeah, I, I don't even know enough to be yeah. dangerous, but I yeah. do know that you you reinforce 
the mapping of your brain with whatever you do, right? right. So that gratitude exercise yeah. is reinforcing and actually sometimes remapping your brain that, to be more positive. That's correct. It actually makes you more aware. There's a part of the front of your brain. Oh, this see, I don't a, even know the details. There's a, there's a part of your brain called the reticular activating system. We won't get corny here today, but this is just for it's me and corny, you. It's not corny, the science. For me and you. And what it is, is it's a filter. Mm -hmm. And so what it does is it filters out all the things that aren't important to you so that you're sane. So you don't feel the blood in your left ear or whatever. It's a, it's a, it's right. a survival mechanism built into humans. Huh. What's so, it called? Uh, the reticular activating system, RAS. Okay. I'll give you some info on it. Yeah. I'm actually writing about it right now. But what it does is it, it you, if you're cognizant of things, it will filter those things in. So that's yep. why like when you bought a new car, all of a sudden you see that car all over the road. Right. It was always there. Prior you filtered it out because it wasn't important to you. Huh. So if in the morning you do do things where you get in a state of focusing on what you're grateful for, the RAS flips on and throughout the day it's identifying and noticing things. Oh, it changes that's the beautiful. life it changes the life filter. That's beautiful. It changes your life filter. I usually literally. do it at night. And you do it in the evening and I do them both now because it could get so severe with But me. but to what you just laid yeah. out Cause the importance of doing it in the morning. I'm just not yeah. I can't function very well right. in the morning. My you daughter gotta, wakes me up and I'm like You gotta take the five fog. minutes at some point though, because it does it opens your awareness and but it filters you know what? in these it things. It does actually happen yeah. inadvertently because I drive them to school. Okay. And I'm so grateful, grateful. in those moments driving yeah. them to school, just the things that they say yeah. or yeah. watching them. Yeah. You know, um, Murphy, my my nine-year-old now, she was looking out the window one day and it was a really drab northeast mm. like winter day. Mm. And it was gray and there were no leaves on the trees mm. and it was raining, you know, that cold rain yeah. that kind of gets in your bones. Yeah. And she was just looking out the window and I said, Murph, you know, what are you looking at? Mm. And she said, Mama, isn't it just a beautiful day? Mm, yeah. And I was like, <laughs> yes, it is a beautiful day, yeah, baby. Life uh, is all perspective, it's right? So true. It's all perspective. Yeah. Yeah. And that, I was so grateful for that yeah. moment. And every day I drop them off. Mm. I bring my, my littlest into school because I still can because she's at the lower school. I've got so one more year I'm able to do it. Max that out. And yeah. that's, we have a little, we call it the kiss shake that she invented. Mm. She kisses my nose and I mm. kiss her nose and we'd like to go through this whole series, right? But so in, in a way, yes. and then I actually, when I walk out of that school, I breathe so deep, deep. and I am just so grateful. Yeah. You know, so yeah. I'm not doing it intentionally, yeah, but, but I'm doing happens. it. Yeah, and I yeah. bet you those are the days, if we tracked it, when you get the gift of doing that, those that, are the that days I where don't it stays go down. away. Yeah. So maybe you can give yourself that. And then the other one, and you do it, is the other way that you move your, is moving your body. You change yep. your physical state. Oh, it's so important. Because depression is actually, and just downness is a thing you do. It's a move. It's your breathing. It's how you, so when you change your physicality, it's very hard to be depressed when you're breathing deep. Because that's deep breathing and chest back is laughter, it's ecstasy, it's orgasm, it's all those things. Literally, it's hard to get depressed in those moments. So if you can create that state, <laughs> it's, it's true though. You get in that state in your body when you're training and working out, it's hard to be I, depressed. I have never been depressed it's in that moment. That's what I'm saying, can right? absolutely so, concur. So if you can kind of manifest that state in your body, I'm just telling you. So, But it's interesting because I'm going to say something to you. Like, Well, the reason I love you is that I have people share this with me off camera in so many interviews, and so I just want to give someone hope on this. I'm going to tell you guys a secret. The majority, not the large majority, but the majority of the guests you've seen on my program have shared that with me off camera. Really? Yes, because they'd like my help on it, because I do life strategy stuff, and so I'm going to tell you that it's not all of them, but I'm struck by how many people that are mega successful still struggle with this. You're the first person, second person actually, 
to be willing to share it on camera. So thank you for doing that because it really reaches people because a lot of people come to the show today in that condition and they struggle with it too. And so just know we do too and we still have happy, functional lives and yep. we're, we're trying to figure it out just like you are. So thank you. I just believe in people. Me too. I do. Mm -hmm. I really believe in people. Yeah. You so thank you for doing this podcast, thank not you. because thank of me, but yeah. thank you for doing this podcast to help people. Thank you so much. You know, because I think we need more of that. So do I. And you're, and you're doing that, obviously, in everything you do. This is like, uh, this is really taking my breath away today, just so you know. So thank you. I want everyone to be able to get more of WWE and more of you. And so is there any platform out there that we want them to go look at specifically um, to find the companies or one or many that we want to make sure they know about. Yeah, but I don't want to make it promotional. You can 100% do that. They want to know. By this point and everything you've shared and how honest you've been and how transparent you've been, you've opened your soul up to them. And so they want to engage, I promise you. I know them. They want to engage more with you. They want to be able to find you. So please tell them where to find you. Okay, so, well, you know, our flagship programming is three hours of on Monday night mm -hmm. from 8 to 11 on USA Network and then um, 8 to 10 p.m. is SmackDown Live and that's also on USA Network on Tuesday. So live Monday, live Tuesday. Um, of course, the WWE Network, which is, yep. you know, $9.99 a month. Okay. Currently, it's just one price model. Um, for all of what were our pay-per-view events, mm. um, now are available on that platform. Mm as well as a ton of libraries. We just launched this new show called Hidden Gems, okay. which is the these matches that um, you know people have heard of but haven't ever seen. Like vintage matches? Yeah, okay. because we, we own most of the libraries, the at least domestically. Okay. Um, so that's a, a really interesting new show. Mm. The, you know, the, the, the lore of, of these matches, sure. now people can actually see. Wonderful. So it's pretty awesome. Um, and then, of course, social media, you know, Twitter, Instagram, you know, yeah. et cetera. But yeah. I hope today that you all saw a side, <laughs> I know you did, of Stephanie and the company that you didn't know about and that um, you love it more and you love her more and you're inspired and that also that you picked up a bunch of tools that you can use and strategies too. I loved today. Me too. I'm really so glad we did this and Kristen, thank you so much. Like it's a little thank bit you, emotional for me because of some of the things you were willing to talk about today and um, I'm really grateful for you doing this today. I mean that. like. Very much. I'm so, grateful. So thank you so thank much. You. I'm so glad we've met too. Me finally too. too. So everybody, um, I already know. But wait, you, you should know. tell everybody how we met. We met through Kristen. Right? Well, but you said. Well, okay. We're going to tell them the real. Do you want to know the real story? Because it's the power of attraction. Because that's that's what I'm saying. I okay. think it's another very it important tool. Taking away what the entity was, you all know that follow me. Know that I bought a, a new plane. This is. Here's two people talking about depressions. We're talking about yeah, airplanes, no. right? But, that's why but, I'm always but, like, but, who am I depressed? But it, it, it's not conditional, everybody. And so anyway, I went to pick up my airplane. And when I went to pick up my airplane, it was in New York. And as I was walking, it was a rainy day. And as I was walking to this plane, there's this beautiful family getting on um, a more beautiful plane than mine. Um, in fact, the paint scheme I showed you all that was black and red, I stole from them. That's how much <laughs> I liked it. It's the exact same paint scheme, by the way. But anyway, so I walked by the airplane and you waved at me and it was just this beautiful family with their little girls getting on the airplane. And then I realized when I saw the logo that it was you. And so for some reason, this entire flight, this is the power of just thoughts and attraction, I couldn't get you off my mind. And it wasn't the WWE part, it was the beautiful family part. And um, I'm just always struck, and I'm weird, I'm always struck when I just see 
spirit or soul, like just a beautiful, loving family. I was like, that's a real family right there. And it just struck me. And so my wife and I actually talked about it on the flight back, that I love also seeing people who can, on the outside, they are successful in other areas. So this whole flight, I ended up really thinking about you. I prayed about it. I meditated about it the whole flight back. And within a week, a mutual friend of ours, Kristen, reached out to me, whom I did not know at all before, and started this introduction to the two of us. So that's the power of just connecting soul-wise and thinking about something repetitively. And when you're in a powerful state, yep. when you're not in the state we described earlier, but you're in that powerful, creative, goal-setting, planning state. And visualizing. Visualizing Visualizing something. is so important. And it, what happens is it will appear into your life. It won't look like you pictured it, but that feeling and that thing will appear in your life. It's not gonna look. Most great things in your life don't show up like you picture it's them. True. You know, even your spouse, it's not what you pictured when you were a kid, but it was the blessing that came into your life. And so that's how the two of us ended up meeting. And like, if you'd have told me that day I walked by you that it would lead to today in this conversation, just um, the world's amazing, God's amazing, and this has been amazing. So this like changed me for the better. So thank you, and I want to help you with all the great work you're doing. I mean thank that. You. So everybody, I know you enjoyed today as well. I always ask you, you know where to find me. I want you to go find her. You're watching this because you can find me. If you're watching this on YouTube, give it a like and a comment, right? Engage with me, subscribe there. If it's on iTunes, make a review on there. It moves it up. We were number one in the world last month. And the more reviews you write, more people around the world, not just in the United States and North America, or even the developed world get access to this stuff. And I want them to see it. And every day on Instagram, two minute drill when I make a post. If you make a comment with hashtag max out, we do a drawing daily. You get access to gear, coaching calls with me, sometimes an introduction to some of my guests as well. It's a really special thing we do every day. So engage with me on Instagram. God bless you and max out everybody.